All right, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, depending where you are. Welcome back to the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. My name is Eric Castillo, and we have special special treat today. We have Marcus from the Mission 22 uh, organization, and they're a really good company, folks. Um, they, they really, really support veterans and really try to help them out, and they got a bunch of things going on and things that they're doing. Uh, I don't want to take away from too much of Marcus's thunder as I want to let him talk about all the things that Mission 22 is doing and the new stuff they got going on. So go ahead, Marcus, take it away and let people know a little bit about you and uh, what you're up to. Definitely. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, so I got into Mission 22 about a year ago. Um, it was an interesting kind of transition point in my life where I uh, up some active duty time. I was an engineer officer for about four and a half years, stationed up in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, spent a little bit of time in Bear, Alaska, down in Anchorage, uh, and was kind of trying to figure out where my skills and expertise fit in kind of on the civilian side. I, I had tried a couple of civilian jobs there in, in Central where I live now, and came across the Mission 22 team and kind of had my own realization that, you know what, like the, the thing that I need to do with my life is going to somewhere having to do with the military and that community. And while I'm still in the reserves today, I, I am a, a reserve officer out of Clackamas, Oregon, with a psychological operations unit. Um, I, I met Magnus Johnson, who is the founder of Mission 22, uh, with a group in Portland at one point. That's kind of another story. But I, I heard what he was getting up to, and at about the same time, I had uh, discovered health coaching. So I got a health coaching certification um, a little over a year ago. And at about the same time, he had the idea for the program that we have launched uh, back in September, which is called the Recovery and Resiliency Program. And this program in particular is a, it's sort of a condensation of the healing journey that Magnus took after he had deployed and went through his own uh, post-traumatic stress experience. Um, and just all of the, the trials and tribulations that he went through to realize what could be done about veterans coming home and why, why is it that so many veterans are taking their own lives after they're coming back from a deployment or finishing their time in the military. He found out, and where, where it really hit home for him was when one of his close friends uh, was uh, found to have taken his own life at one point. And so uh, Magnus just asked, had to ask the question, like, we have all these veterans charities, we've got the VA uh, what what's missing exactly? Like, why is it that our nation's warriors are still having so much trouble, like getting getting back kind of integrated and using their that that warrior ethos within the context of something that's not within the military? So, granted, is the is the warrior's mission following the mission downrange? So, uh, one of the st stories with. In the program you talk about, and I'll kind of get into the details here in a moment, is uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, right? Like those stories are kind of archetypal in the sense that they they have persisted throughout time, which means that there's a lot of truth to them um, in kind of like the meta narrative sense. So, what I mean by that is both of those stories, it describes a 10 year journey going to war, but then there's also a 10 year journey coming from war. And so, it's that 10 year journey coming from war that is just not really there at all in in our culture um i've talked to veterans before where they have been on the battlefield like literally downrange with rifle in their hand one week and a week later 
they fly through Fort Lewis or wherever, and it's like, okay, here's a quick out processing or, you know, whatever, like there's just like no formal process of shifting. Go shop for groceries. Like, no, you can't expect that from someone. Um, That's not reasonable. And, um, and unfortunately the, the broader culture, as much as, as civilians want to um, like celebrate our veterans and have parades for them twice a year, stay Memorial day. It's just, it's not really getting it. Um, and I think the nature of trauma is also taken for granted and not really understood. The recovery and resiliency program, it's a path to show someone who has just returned from combat and, or has, uh, maybe on the path been in a, in a situation or other traumatic type situation within the context of the military that, Hey, you're, you're not broken. You're not for, there's nothing wrong with you for having these symptoms as a result of a, a traumatic experience that was, that you undertook on behalf of country. Right. So there's, there's this idea of like, Oh, you need to go to treatment. You need to be treated. You need to be cured because like, Ooh, there's, there's like something wrong with you. And there's this whole stigma around like, Oh, you have post-traumatic stress. Like, well, thank you for your service. Have a good day. I don't know how to relate to you. Um, but what what we want to show through um, that veterans do have a another journey to come back from. They have an opportunity through trauma experienced for the sake of our nation to learn more about them. Um, one of the things we really want to get across is that it's precisely because of the trauma that you go through that you realize how much good can be done. So when okay, Part of the program is uh, we have a health coaching component to it. So we are working on making a team of health coaches who have a better understanding of what we mean, the concept of moral injury. So moral injury is um, a an idea that in the nature of trauma or post-traumatic stress, in, right? So we have like the over, uh, like this hypervigilant state. We have the, the fight or flight response is in high gear, like all of the time really difficult to switch it off. And we can talk about the the chemical flow that happens from the response to thinking that you're you're having like a flashback or something like that. You're kind of on guard and trying to keep yourself alive in a in a legitimately dangerous situation that happened a long time ago. But there is a component to that that's more you can't really describe it in physiological terms. Like you you can't account for the complexity of post-traumatic stress just by looking at someone's biology. Certainly the, the symptoms are manifest there and finding the, well, I use air quotes cure because there's not, I'm not going to say that there's a, the of healing is the cure itself. Um, mm-hmm. Because right. Like if you have a, if you have trauma, it's like a puncture wound, right. It never quite completely goes away. Right. There's all analogy of what happened with Fredo at Weathertop, right? Like my nerd side of me is coming out, but like he gets stabbed, right? And the rest of the story, it's like, oh, it never quite healed right. You know, that's it. It's like knowing that you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be cured. You, you can't go back and there's no, but, but then why would you want to? Why would we go back to the way things were if this trauma is the thing that tells you who you are? Uh, another illustration I like to use, it's like, have you ever people where 
if you the conversation gets to a place where it's like, hey, do you have any like weird scars or something? And you show somebody like, oh yeah, this is where chainring on a bike once because I was being dumb about maintenance. Still got some grease there. Uh, you get like everybody else in the group suddenly wants to show you their scars. Like, oh yeah, look at them. It's like fun, but you know, it's like we we know each other through our scars, you know, and we. It's almost as if I want you to see more of me showing you how I healed well from something that really, really hurt. And so that's kind of one way to frame trauma is it's something that we use to go ourselves and our place in the world far better. But that lesson, unfortunately, is is lost in the uh, just in the mix of the soldier going through the process of like our military of, of training up, of getting deployed, and then suddenly they're just dropped back home. And they, they still have this open wound that they are able to heal from it. And, you know, it's, it's certainly not the individual's fault, I would say. You know, um, we are designed to work through these heal with the help of others. We're always designed to do that. Like by doing it by ourselves doesn't work. But we think that it's uh, like people tend to like so those who have gone through trauma tend to isolate. And the reason for that is because they, well, in many circumstances, is that they, they don't want to be a burden on others. They don't want to have this sense of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to inconvenience them. And I just, you know, my, I'm supposed to be like a selfless server of, you know, like that's one of the warrior ethos is like tenets of the warrior ethos is selfless service. So if I'm if I'm sharing my problems with somebody else, you know, that's that's just a burden on them. And I don't want to trouble them. And could they really understand what I went through in the first place anyway? And, uh, I, you know, I don't I don't want to tell them all the details maybe of what happened. But the, the reality is that, well, one, you don't necessarily have to share all the details. You just have to share like I, I need to be seen. And it's it's and it's not that we're trying to remove vulnerable is that is kind of the first step to to that healing and growth what we are asking is you realize there's courage involved in this it's a courageous act to ask for help but it's also the way that you get to know yourself and know how your suffering can have real meaning and as it turns out that's actually the nature of many many like countless uh stories from mythologies to modern stories like how many times Back to watch a superhero movie to watch the hero go through a time where they went through like a descent into the underworld where they lost everything. Then they like they found this new tool and then they found a new appreciation of how to use that thing, discovered more of themselves, and then came back into society with a new gift to share. And unfortunately, the way our current military slash culture is set up uh, is that there it only does half of that. Right. And so we we kind of are trying to through the program that there's another half. And it's it's one of the most beautiful possible things that someone could experience. And many civilians, I would say, go through life without really experienced, um, you know, not that I would want them ever to experience, you know, combat, because that's what those in the military are there for is, is so that they don't. But the point is that without an encounter with the, the truest nature of humanity, which means seeing the dark underbelly of what's really there. You're, you're still some, somewhat like uninitiated, right? Like the military and trauma uh, can serve as some of the powerful 
forces to initiate a human being to make the most significant impact in the world. Um, one of my favorite quotes uh, from a psychologist, a good man or woman is not a dangerous man, or excuse me, a good man is not a tame man. A good man is a dangerous man, has that under control. And so by experiencing things downrange, that by experiencing stuff that happens in, in combat, things that we want to put words to after it's over, we, we can then realize like, oh, I could be that monster too. So I'm going to then turn inward and get control and then turn it into how can I help the community? Um, one example of that with one of the individuals in the program, he uh, was in a ranger battalion as a combat and he is in, uh, he does jujitsu in his local, um, in his local gym. And one of the things that they do there is they train uh, law enforcement. And what, what this, what this individual wanted to teach the law enforcement officers in the area who are training jujitsu is like, Hey man, you're, you're going to come across people who could fight 10 of you guys and doesn't care how bad they get hurt. They don't care about you or your family. And they're going to fight in this way. And I know that because of my experience of kind of trauma and combat and just seeing the dark underbelly of humanity. But he used that to share it with the rest of the community. And now those police officers are served. Now the community is better served. And that's, that's exactly like that, that person is on the path. Right. And so that opportunity exists for every veteran. And that's what we want to teach. And that, that's, that's all, that's all amazing too, because that, that's something that I think that lacks in, well, at least particularly in the armies, they, like people always say, even myself, they teach you how to go fight, but they don't teach you how to decompress and deal with trauma. And like how you talk about the, the dark underbelly, that's, that's an interesting viewpoint because I've never thought of it like that and thinking of it and thinking of it, thinking of it in that fashion is actually neat. And when, when it comes to that point, like how you have that one uh, ranger in your program, um, I think it's critical because we all reach a point to where we can either go light or we can go dark. And it's a, it's a, it's a very critical, crucial point. And for me, during my transition, I went dark. Um, I went dark. I isolated. I got triggered by my ex-wife. I got arrested. And it wasn't until doing all of that, going through the Veterans Treatment Court program in Oregon to where I realized that, you know what, I don't need to be ashamed of what i've done i'm not this monster that was trained to kill and i i accept that for what what happened and then now turning it like how you said into what can i do to give back so i and i think like a lot of veterans are in form of some sort of superheroes who are trying to give back you know like people who who are going through this process of and it's like you mentioned with the with the superhero movies like you got you got Thor, you got Iron Man, you got Captain America, you got all them with their stories and you can watch their movies as they are kind of nothing. They go up, something traumatic happens, they fall down to the darkness and then they have to refine themselves um, and prove their worth, basically. Like my favorite is Thor when he loses all of his powers because he gets so conceited, he gets so cocky and arrogant that Odin strips all his power from him and says, you're not worthy of this. And basically he teaches him a lesson of hey, you need to show that you're worthy to handle this or if someone else comes along, they're going to have this. And it and it's an interesting transition because I compare that to veterans 
and even to like myself, because I almost had to prove that my self-worth again, because I lost it, you know, not in the cocky, arrogant way, but just of the shame, the guilt, uh, the anger, the fear, the depression, the sadness, even the isolation, um, not wanting to be a burden to other people. And I know that's a huge one. Um, you know, people got their own lives. And the last the, the last thing you want to do is add all of your problems on top of someone else, you know. And I think breaking the stigma of that is saying, you know, if they're your friend or they're your best friend or even your battle buddy, they won't it won't matter because they'll drop whatever they're doing to help you because that's what they're there for. And it seems like you guys have created yeah. that that uh missing link with this program, the recovery and and resiliency program that it's kind of like almost it's almost like that missing link and a question about that is uh, is this your first round of people have you had multiple rounds of it already or is this the first group of individuals you have yeah, so right now in cohort model where we have about 10 people per cohort um we are looking at starting our third cohort in the uh, about the beginning mid-january uh time frame. but we have uh 20, 20 individuals right now going through it. So we're definitely still in the early days of, of this thing, but the future is really good. So, and it, it has been really fulfilling for me to be able to kind of see how each individual within the program, when they interact with each other and like clubs are going on, not, not because like I'm doing all this great teaching or mentorship or whatever. It's like, I'm just kind of helping to create this environment and then they kind of get together and find these solutions. And like, I, I really believe that all of us deep down, like we know the right answer, right? If we ask the right questions to ourselves, we can find the right answer. More often than not, we we really need that tribe that's going through the same thing. Because I mean, God only knows that the answers that you could get to when it's not just you asking yourself the questions, it's not just your health coach asking these questions, but it's your, it's your other, men, it's, well, yeah, it's your it's your battle buddies who have who are currently with you who are asking these things, and um, that's I, I think there's a lot of like there are many components to the program where we want to we want to emphasize that when like healing from a from a moral injury has a lot to do with your nutrition as it does with your physical health as health, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint what exactly it is that is like the magic of, of getting someone to a better place. And really it's an emergence of something else when you cohere all of these other things together, right? Like the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And where I really see that is where these individuals are talking to one another. And it's just, it, it's not like you ever, you don't have the answer to their hurt, right? The answer is, and the answer to their process is speaking truth, right? And speaking truth can come in the form of learning how to meditate, which means you're you're meditating uh, stillness, on peace, on joy, on gratitude. That's speaking the truth to yourself. You engage in a community uh, gym, right? That's part of the program as well. As we give everyone a gym membership to something like a like an MMA or CrossFit box or some other platform where they're engaging exercise with other people that then helps with hormonal health, right? Like we all know, like a good weight session is fantastic for mental health or a good, you know, longer, whatever, getting out in nature, like that 
we don't we don't need all of the science to tell us exactly how that works. The science is there if you want it, and I can tell it to you. But it's like you the kind of chemical hormonal imbalances by getting plugged into community by realizing that your nutrition links up with that by realizing that if you have those two pillars the relationships start to build by getting a meditation practice going you realize like there's more to me than just my biology um and and when these things start to get together and aren't just siloed but are in sort of this web um and someone can experience that firsthand and oh by the way we also have devices that will shoot in real time using uh, heart rate variability metrics um, that your stress is objectively going down. It's not just that you're feeling better. You can see it too. You can, like the, the, the issue is not with information, right? Like you can have whatever information you want. Like there, if you just go on Facebook for book recommendations on any topic, I guarantee you're going to get all sorts of responses. So it's not information. It's experiencing, I believe. Um, to become a equally valued back home as you were downrange is not access to information. It's it's being in a place where you can let the facade down and share vulnerable. And that, like I said before, like that's that's an act of courage. Um, it's not comfortable doing that, but it's in that discomfort or the most in R and R where we want to provide the tools and the path to show you how that's done so that you can then go progress through that year long program and learn with other people. That's, that's super awesome. And that, that also, I went through a program, uh, not, not as long or similar. It was, it's called rush university. They're out of Chicago. It's a four week process and I wish it was longer. Um, but it's like the same thing. It pairs with 10, 11 12 veterans and they break you up into groups and we actually got really close and we and this was two years ago and we still have a group text message to where we talk to today and we we all shared our experiences like we would have our group sessions and we would talk and there'd be times where the facilitator would be like okay we need to move on and we'd be like hey no we're not done yet you know like we're still talking here so you're gonna wait and the guy the director was like oh okay you know like because he was he was in the military also but like how you talked about how the veterans, when, when you put us together, that that's, that's all of different types of uh, branches coming up with the solution, because when it comes down to it, we will find the solution to a problem. And when you put a bunch of veterans in one room together and someone's having a problem, you best believe we're going to find the answer to it. It may take a little longer. It may take less, but <clears throat> we have that capability to think outside the box. And then now you have different thinking perspectives that you don't really think of, like you have this viewpoint, but someone else sees something different. Someone else sees something different. So now you have three or four different vantage points on somebody who's struggling with something. And we, we've shared, uh, we shared tears in that room. Um, we shared our war stories in that room. Um, there was one time where we didn't do nothing but cry for almost 20 minutes because it was just, there was a lot and it was a lot to release and a lot to let go of. And we shared our personal stuff, people going through relationship problems in there. We were not no experts in relationships and no knows I wasn't at the time, but we tried to offer, hey, this is what we would like. You know, this is what we think you should try if you want to try it. And it was it was really good. And we built a really, really close net. And I can only imagine the the new relationships and friendships and bonds that are forged in this year long uh the recovery program that you have going 
Now, with this program, do they actually stay there with you? Like, is there like a housing facility or is it kind of like, how, how does that work? So it's interesting. We actually didn't program really at all for uh, the all of the stay-at-home stuff going on. Um, it's all done remote uh, with the exception of the, the gym. So the gym is kind of on them. Like, the, we encourage them to go out and plug in to their local community. That's that's kind of another thing too, is that while while yes, there is a component to like many of your civilian neighbors will never know like anything close to what you went through. Um, but that's kind of the point as as being a warrior, right? You do it so that they don't have to. Um, but with that, potentially, uh, this isn't the case for everyone, but that can come with some level of, res- of resentment. Like, man, I, I don't need to deal with the civilian population. Like, they don't, what do they know? You know, like, they're never going to be able to relate. Like, they're, they're trying to, like, celebrate the fact that I went to war. It, it's like the um, one of the books by Edward Tick, Warren the Soul, opponent of the program, talks a lot about how uh, celebration of essentially, like, fighting a war is not, is not quite the right response. Um, you know, it's, uh, what's the way to put it? Like, you know, it's to, to engage in potential bloodshed, right? Like it's an, it's, it's a, we must face as a reality, but it's not necessarily something we ought to like cheer on. Um, for example, um, veterans, I think it was veterans day. It's either veterans day or Memorial day. Memorial day used to be called armistice day, right? Like that was the day that we celebrated peace and the cessation of war. But now, now it's almost like we're celebrating the act of self, like what, you know, so anyway, the point is like, we want to get them into a local community of a, per, perhaps a mix of both veterans and civilians. And if you do that in the context of, of getting after it in the gym and learning some jujitsu or Olympic lifting, then that's, that's a really powerful way to combine all of the good benefits of exercise with knowing that you can do that with other people. Um, but the rest of the program is really, it's, it's online based, which actually is quite appropriate for the time we're in now. Um, all of the health coaching stuff is online. The components of the program that are uh, like the tools and the biometric devices, you can use all those just through apps. Um, there is a online space that we have for like a forum where everybody can contribute to. It's, it's like the group of 10, but it's mostly them talking to each other. Uh, so. Um, the Mission 22 headquarters, eventually we want to have some more stuff that's like actually on the facility, equine program, which is not the same as, as r r it's just another branch of what we do. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what it looks like right now. It could change in the future, but that's where we're at. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and the fact that it's actually online remotely seems like it worked out to you guys' benefit too. Um, cause I know the program I went to, it was they put you there. Like, I didn't know that Chicago had like a medical district. So like in this little bubble had uh, all your facilities, there was like hospitals, there was the VA, there was Rush and it all of it was right there. And they kind of, they put you in this um, building that was key card entry because it was a part of Rush for four weeks. So the fact that like all this is online and remote and things like that is, it's kind of good because it, it kind of forces them to, to participate for like, it can, you can easily slip, but I can imagine that they're like, hey, are you doing this? Are you doing this? And it kind of pushes them to kind of do stuff on their own and kind of just recover. You know, like it, I think it's I think it's amazing this the program and what you guys do and what you guys offer. And um, 
Oh, I lost my place here. Oh, and I wanted to ask you a question. Like, I know um, just to kind of, we, we talked about the program and the dial back. And I know you said you, um, when, when you got into Mission 22, I wanted to touch back on that real quick, just so veterans can see that, you know, it's not really on who you know. It's just being a little more social because if you're not social, then you might not have been where you're at today. So if you could just tap a, just a little bit, we don't need to go into too much, but just a little on how you actually got into Mission 22. Like I know you met Magnus, but like how how did that spark? How did that how did that come about to put you to where you're at today? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So when I graduated from Auburn, I had a I had an industrial engineer degree, um, and then I was an engineer for four and a half years um, and figured I was just destined in the civilian world to do something along the lines of engineering or project management, something like that. Um, but like do you knew, like as a, I was an endurance athlete for a while. I like to consider myself still in that realm. Um, another story. But uh, I I discovered this thing called health coach and it's a, it's a pretty new vocation and the, the whole health coaching industry is still kind of figuring itself out. But that is a vocation that kind of uh, you're talking about like links in the chain. That's the thing that links like, um, like say a functional medicine practitioner who appreciates the holistic approach to health um, only maybe, maybe once a month and that would be on the high end, but how are they going to be accountable to those goals in between? And so that's where a health coach kind of comes in. That's well, that's one role a health coach can play. So anyway, I uh, started out, working with, uh, it's with the Primal Health Coach Institute. There are a couple of different um, institutions out there, but that's the one that I chose. And right at about the same time that I started that program, I met some guys out at a church retreat who were also from, and they were getting started with something called Element Fitness, which was a, uh, essentially it was like a CrossFit group that also kind of did Bible study, something like that. And so I was really intrigued and just started getting talking to them like, you know, hey, I, I've started doing this health coach thing. I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but I know it's something that I need to do. And um, so I started uh, visiting Portland. I had lived in Central Oregon at the time. Um, and when I visited over in Portland, and this was about my life when I was going through um, some relationship hell on my own end um, and just really needed support and reached out to them. And and I can tell some of my roughest days that summer, and this was just summer 2019, um, I met with this Element Fitness group um, in Portland, and we were the most ridiculous workouts where you would be so sore the next day, but it was like you were tired and you know you earned it. And lo and behold, Magnus Johnson was part of that group. And so that's kind of how we um, – so we kind of got a conversation going. He was mentoring those guys on how to grow and develop Element Fitness, and uh, around frame, um, I, <clears throat> so it was actually quite interesting. I had lost my job, um, early September and five minutes before I got the call from my former employer, I got my welcome kit to primal health. So it was kind of, it, I had to do like a double take of what was going on here. It was like my, my relationship was kind of falling apart. My job had just fallen apart. I didn't know where I was going to be living. Um, I'm glossing over details here, but those two things happened within five, like literally five minutes. The thing came up, here's your welcome kit. You're now a health coach. I get the call. Hey, you don't work for us anymore. 
So I was like, that's interesting. Um, and so I went down on a limb, took a trip to Portland and pitched to the mission 22 team. Like, Hey, I'm, uh, I started this health coaching business. I want to work with y'all. I don't know exactly what that would look like, but this seems like where I need to be. And then in November uh, of last year, Magnus kind of had this idea of what R and R would look like our, our new program. And he, like, okay, this, this should include health coaching. And here I was, uh, an army officer, uh, endurance athlete, someone had, who had kind of gone through the trauma of losing a marriage and some other stuff, not, not exactly combat trauma, but, you know, we can talk about how the nature of trauma is not really the event itself per se, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, so all these things kind of came together. And so I ended up moving to Portland in early January to get started with the team and get this program kicked off. Uh, COVID happened, and then they back to Central Oregon to kind of develop this miniature ranch, I guess, uh, which is where I work now. So yeah, that's kind of how I got involved, and um, I'm really excited to see where this is going and taking us. And I think it has just an enormous amount of potential, not just for kind of the veteran space, but really everyone. Like suicides up across the board, man. And um, we can start with our veterans and show that this is how we transmute the deepest pains we could go through into something meaningful, like how big could that get? Like how, like how, how much more could that message spread? Cause what's, what we have now is not working. Right. And I actually wrote that down, like with what's missing. Cause I know I went through that part. I, I almost, um, I, I attempted suicide twice during that time when I was going through the divorce and the legal stuff. And it was just, it was so much noise in the head where it's, it's so simple to, to slip to that space and, you don't even realize it, and it's 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 critical that uh, one has a, a strong support network to kind of pull you out of that a little bit. Because if not, then bad things can happen. And it's uh, and it, that just goes to show, like with your story, that as much as introvert or um, antisocial a veteran that has a bunch of trauma, um, like is because I was there too. The moment that you get out and actually talk to someone they can know someone that knows someone or in your case the guy who actually created all of this to kind of put you where you're at now and i kind of see like your little uh situation as like a divine intervention basically you know all within five minutes you know <laughs> like okay you're done with all this mm-hmm. you're doing this now and it was all like like that <laughs> so I just that I I believe in that wholeheartedly that like you know people have a purpose and sometimes it'll be a slow process or sometimes well now to even up the ante as quick as five minutes like what happened for you? Yeah, yeah, um, and I, I do believe this that no matter like things can get dark like and like trauma is real you know like it's it's rough out there let's not you know mince words here. But I believe that no matter how dark it is, like there's always something. There's always something if you choose to look for it, right? And it can be hard. To, like, fair point. It can be hard to find, but it is always there. Um, I'm reading through uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's account of the of the gulag, right? Probably the darkest hours in all of human history, and yet he was able to recount that and put it to words and it led to, well, in part them, obviously some other history there, but like it had an enormous positive impact at the end of the day on, on what seemed like a completely and totally hopeless situation. So um, that, that would be one thing I would say as well, if anyone's listening that, 
is is seeking and trying to figure out like what why is it that I feel lonely when I'm surrounded by friends and family? I have a job but don't feel like I have purpose. Why is it that I don't have any desire to get up out of bed in the morning or um, feel sorry for myself all the time or whatever the case is? Like there, if we decide that we're going to take responsibility for the tragedy of of so much of human life, that is where we can do something along the lines of creating more heaven out of the hell that is part of this world. That's awesome. I think, and I think that's like a, an amazing closing message too, because I was just about to ask you, well, what would you like to put out there as a message? And I think that's, that's perfect. And one thing that I always, I kind of created myself was, is I also like to say life is like a battery. Um, you need a positive and a negative in order for it to work. Um, you don't see any battery that's just a fully positive or fully negative because it doesn't go. It's dead, you know, and that's that's you. If you choose uh, mm-hmm. the negative, you're dead. Even even too much positivity. Yeah. You know, you can have a lot of positivity, but then at what point does it become fake positivity or now you're just going through the motions? So you have to have that healthy balance because in the dark times, in the negative and bad times, that's when you learn that that's when you're tested and you learn more about yourself. You learn more about what you can handle and what you can take. So if you're going through a tough time right now, guys and gals, it's because you're supposed to go through it because you're try- they're trying to teach you something. You know, you, there, there's a lesson to be learned and something to be taught. And you sometimes you just got to take a step back and look at what what am I trying to be taught right now? What do I need to learn? Because that's how that's how we develop experience. That's how that's how we grow and especially for you know when you've got a guy who deploys the combat and it's been his fourth tour versus the one they're going to go to the guy with the fourth tour because he's got the experience he's been through the hell he's been through the mess so he knows so it's it's, it's a it's a plus and minus and it's yeah. a healthy balance of you know you you and, it, and it's the hard to not let one scale tip too much like and of course we would like the positive scale just to tip a little more but again if you revert it to a battery if it's too much it ain't gonna work, you know, because you need that negative in order to learn and develop experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so, I like that analogy. And suit of trying to make a life that's totally free from conflict is pursuing a life that humans weren't meant to live. Humans are meant to carry a load for load-bearing creatures, and in that, that's where we find meaning. It's not in trying to find comfort. It's not in trying to avoid. It's by, it's by climbing that mountain. Like one of the an analogy I like that's along the same lines as, as the battery, um, which I might use that later. I uh, haven't heard that one before, but is like the, if you consider like a really tall mountain at the peak, there's no life, right? Too high of elevation. There's like basically nothing there, no vegetation. It's gray. It's rocky. You're it's you get there and you're all so, but the peak must be part of the equation in order to have life on the slopes. That's a good one. I like that. That's that's a good one. I haven't heard of that one either. Well, see, now look at that. You can use mine, I can use yours, and then we're, we're good there. <laughs> we can share those. All right. Sweet. So, um, yeah, that's great. We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll wrap up this today. I want to thank you for coming on and talking and spreading the message with Mission 22. I have been looking at you guys' stuff for a while. I follow you guys' Facebook page and things, and um, I like to share what you guys promote, and I definitely will be sharing more of this stuff 
because uh, you guys you guys are out there trying to make a difference and you know it's the what's missing and it's organizations like mission 22 that's trying to fill that hole of what's missing and we'll get there i mean we, we, we'll get there it just once we find the right fit and it gets the right traction and the momentum it'll pan out and it'll start helping and then we'll we'll, we'll get veterans that need the help so i appreciate you for coming on and thanks yeah, anytime. I'm, uh, I'm love. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching. Um, catch me next week as I have another special treat for you. You know, every week is special with everybody who I talk to, but some have, uh, some have, uh, they all provide different angles and viewpoints. So just tune in. Uh, wait, hold on. Is next week the Christmas? Nope. Next week is not Christmas. Okay. No, I just wanted to make sure because I'm not doing nothing on Christmas. I'm going to give everybody a break on that day. Uh, yeah, I'm behind on my Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday falls on Christmas. So I, I give everybody a break. It'll be Christmas Eve and think maybe I'll come on there by myself. But um next week I got a special treat for you. I'm working with someone who I used to work with. He was my platoon sergeant. He's a very awesome dude. And we're working out some details and so that we can we can give some good content to you. But again, Marcus, thank you for coming on. And I hope you have a good time over there with your family and the holidays and things like that. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric. We'll see you. Right. Take it easy, everybody.